Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Pater! Pater! Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pater, a Penn State football show. Along with former Penn State and NFL quarterback Matt McGloin, I'm Tom Hannafin. This show is brought to you by our sponsors, Funk Brewing, the official craft beer partner of Pater. This month, be sure to check out their Sour Power Watermelon Ale, the R&D Experimental IPA, and their very popular Funkadelphia IPA and a new burgundy and baby blue can for baseball season. Wink, wink, Phillies fans. Funk has so many great beers to choose from at their tap rooms in Emmaus, Elizabethtown, and York in Pennsylvania. You can find a variety of Funk Brewing beers at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store. Visit funkbrewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Also, Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from pro and college basketball to UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code Believe, that's B L E A V, to receive your rewards. Pater is presented by betonline.ag where the game starts. Also, we invite you to head to shop.believe.com. That's shop.b-l-e-a-v.com and search Pater for our two t-shirts. One is the official show logo over the heart. It comes in white, navy, blue, and black. And the other is a navy blue t-shirt. It has the Pater wordmark over the heart and on the back circa the 2012 Penn State football season. It has Matt McGloin's name and number. Again, head to shop.believe.com. That's shop.b-l-e-a-v.com and search Paydirt for our two t-shirts. Joining us this week here on Paydirt, he is J.D. Pickell of On3 Sports. He does a fantastic job for On3. Of course, we have a great relationship with Blue White Illustrated, who's a part of the On3 family. So, J.D., it's great to have you on. For those that don't know, J.D. JD has a background having played at Cornell in the Ivy League and having played at Baylor as well. So I'm very excited to have you on here. Uh, Before we really dive into things with you, J.D., um, I want to address just a quick piece of news in regards to the Penn State football team. Matt, the uh, defensive line coach for Penn State, John Scott Jr., is off to the Detroit Lions. That was announced earlier on this week. This is the third assistant for Penn State that's had to be replaced this offseason. You and I talked about on the last episode in regards to Ken Wisenhunt being off to Alabama. And we also discussed the firing of Taylor Stubblefield, former wide receivers coach, replaced by Marcus Hagens from the University of Virginia. How do you feel about losing Scott? Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> you know, and I think I think when you look at John Scott Jr. and some of the things that he's been able to do and accomplish, obviously he's helped build a lot of depth on that defensive side of the ball and the defensive line position. Arnold Debichetti, Tom, you know, look at a guy like Mustafer helping develop those guys, um, you know, in his three years there. So he's done a fantastic job. That's such an important positional or such an important, you know, coaching position at Penn State, you know, historically, Tom, over the years. I mean, you, you think of guys like Larry Johnson. So, you know, uh, and obviously, again, John Scott Jr. Here done it, has done a tremendous job there. It's going to be interesting to see 
who they find to fill in for that position. But as you mentioned, the third assistant leaving this year, I mean, you know, it's hard, Tom. You know, it's 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 definitely changing in a way where you're seeing a lot more moving parts. And it's not just at Penn State. It's everywhere, really. But but keeping assistance is getting very, very, very difficult um, to be able to do. But again, you know, for, for a guy that, you know, played at Penn State, a guy that's not obviously a fan of the school and enjoys watching the school, John Scott, John Scott Jr. Did, did a tremendous job at Penn State and really helped develop a lot of players. JD, you obviously bring the the national, the the macro perspective to the podcast this week. Uh, we're very happy to have you on. Um, what, what's your perspective looking at the the churn for the coaching staff for Penn State this offseason? I think there's a couple of layers to it. And then the first would probably be anytime you have success, like Penn State has had, you sort of deal with this piece of, okay, people are going to want and try and take parts of our operation that have worked. I mean, we see Georgia deal with a lot. We see Alabama deal with it a lot. Hey, you guys got some secret sauce over there in State College. We're going to try and get that recipe over here and bring it to, to what we got going on. So that's the first piece. And the other piece with coaches leaving to the professional level, and y'all can probably attest to this, the college game is trending in such a way where if you want to be an assistant coach or just be in operations or involved at all, the demand from a year-round perspective is just becoming brutal. Like, yes, you have to recruit at the high school level, but now you have to recruit the portal. Yes, you got to recruit players that aren't on your team, but now you've got to recruit your own roster every single year with the transfer portal being an option. Oh, also now we have NIL. So there's just so much that's baked into this to where if I can go make as much or more money and have more of a life and be at the professional level, like it's becoming more and more appealing, I would imagine, if I am an assistant coach at the collegiate level. So I, I would be surprised if we don't see this become more of a trend across the landscape in college football as we continue to see our sport get more and more demanding on coaches. Yeah, and as I mentioned moments ago, you know what it means to change schools. There's a lot that goes into those decisions. And at the same time, this is something James Franklin specifically has harped on. That's why when he got his big contract extension, part of it was to maintain his staff. Now, obviously, the nucleus of it, Mike Yurcich, Manny Diaz, Matt, you know, we're very happy that those guys are still in place. But when you lose those position coaches and they bounce to someplace else, uh, it's not easy to just replace those guys. Those They, they form relationships that uh, you can't really put a value on. And then also I look at the maturation of Chop Robinson, man. I, I would put him as one of the top 10 defensive ends in America going into this season. So uh, curious to see how that evolves. Uh, obviously, the purpose of this episode altogether was we're two weeks away from spring practices really getting started for Penn State is uh, we're going to take a look at the Big Ten Conference as a whole in regards to quarterbacks and quarterback rooms because a lot of teams have their starter and even more teams it's a big question mark going into this offseason so uh, we have not shared with each other who our, our top five is within the Big Ten so I'm really interested to hear this uh, Matt I want to start with you um, do you want to go in a particular order, <laughs> five to one, one to five? What do you got? You know, I mean, gosh, you know, I'll, I'll I mean, we can touch on uh, the whole entire Big Ten honorable mentions, want. yeah. Because what I what I look at, like, I mean, because if I start at one, I mean, it's hard for me not to say the number one quarterback in the Big Ten this year is, is not JJ McCarthy, because I think it is. I think he deserves to be so. The job that he's been able to do. Leading, uh, leading Michigan, obviously, in the Big Ten in the college football playoff. The next step for him, obviously, Tom, is something that we've talked about, is becoming that that passing quarterback now. And he did it at times last year, but to now move past the Big Ten and to really make a push if they have the chance to get back to the college football playoff, they're, they're going to need to rely on his right arm 
um, a lot more this season. So if he's my, I mean, if we need a one, that's my one right there. Two, I mean, Cade McNamara, right? Three. And look, and again, I was the guy fighting at the beginning of last year saying, I can't believe this guy's not going to be the starting quarterback for Michigan this year and that they're going to start a guy like J.J. McCarthy because of what McNamara had done the previous year. Um, and now you add him to Iowa where one of the better defenses in the Big Ten year in and year out, you finally now have somebody who knows what it takes to win big games in the Big Ten who has won the Big Ten as a starting quarterback there. And now you put him at Iowa where – he can just play his game. He can be balanced. He can be a game manager. He can move the sticks. He, he can just – they can play complementary football. It's something that Iowa hasn't had over the past two years, and they've still won football games despite not having that type of quarterback. Well, now they have it in a guy like Cade McNamara. Um, so I'll go to three, and then I'll, I'll, I'll pass it back, and then we can talk about four and five and the rest of the Big Ten as well. I mean, three is Talia. I mean, I can even argue – you know, Tal Lee at the number two spot as well. I just think of the job that that kid's been able to do at Maryland to be able to turn the program around him and Mike Loxley. What they've done um, has been incredible. I know it's an eight and five record a year ago. Beating NC, NC State in the bowl game was massive for them and, and where I think they can go um, in 2023. Similar to Penn State in a way where you get a big win like that. Maryland against a top 25 team in NC State in the bowl game. You carry that momentum into the offseason. And when you look back on that Maryland record, yeah, it's eight and five. Could have very easily been a 10 and 10 and three record. Absolutely. There. Games that they had a chance to get Ohio against Ohio State. They had a chance against Michigan. They played in brutal conditions in that Wisconsin game. The only game that they looked bad in was that Penn State game. We all know how great that Penn State defense is. So, I mean, Talia absolutely deserves to be a top three quarterback in the Big Ten. I mean, I think Maryland is set to have another fantastic season. J.D., what do you think? Who are your top three? Let's stick with three. I like that. Yeah, I think when you look at number one, I think you said it perfectly, Matt. Like, J.J. McCarthy got the skins on the wall. College football playoff appearance, Big Ten title ring now. Like, there's a lot, I think, expected of him, like you said, to take that next step as a passer vertically for Michigan. And we saw, like you said, we saw it at times last year, especially at the end of the year. Big performance against Ohio State. Looked good against Iowa, even though it was not an enormous number of attempts. So I think J.J. McCarthy, just by nature of what he's proven, has to be at one. Now, if we're going to go whole quarterback room, I think there's a very strong case to be made for Ohio State at two because you're picking between whichever five-star you want. Is it Devin Brown, the number one player for us here on three from 2022? You want Kyle McCord, another five-star from 2021. So in terms of just the entire room, if you're projecting there, whoever takes over that Ferrari is going to be taking over just that. An Italian sports car, I believe Ferrari's Italian. Yeah, Ferrari's yeah, Italian. Yeah, you're you're going to have Marvin Harrison <laughs> on one side, Emeka Buka on the other. So whoever ends up getting that spot is going to be in good position. And then for number three, I think you said it well, Talia Tagovailoa, so dynamic with his feet. Mike Loxley does a lot to put him in good position to succeed. Um, but I mean, I would honestly make a very strong case for, for Drew Aller. And it's tough because we're trying to project what we think Drew Aller could be versus what we already saw Talia Tagovailoa do. Like, I would be surprised if the 2023 season comes and goes and we're not saying – yeah, Drew Aller was a top three quarterback in the Big Ten Conference. So if I had to put number three today, I would say Drew Aller. But Talia Tagovailoa, to your point, definitely has more skins on the wall and a very strong case for him to be at three as well. It's really challenging, J.D., because I, I come back to Aller just 
didn't get a start last year. He got a lot of little opportunities here and there. Uh, but we still really don't know what he is. It's all potential. It's all hype. He is a five-star recruit, and we're all excited about it. And everybody in Penn State and at the Happy Valley is ready to move on from the Sean Clifford era. But we have to be honest with ourselves. We don't know what we're getting until we have it in front of us. Um, sure. For for me, I agree largely with Matt the way you had it. McCarthy won. I had McNamara too because I think that's just the perfect fit at Iowa. It's a play action quarterback and a play action system. Old school, run the football, connect with your tight ends, move the ball down the field. It's perfect. Talia, I think simply just based on tenure, he's three. He's he's been there long enough. He's one of the most talented guys. And you and I always talk about it, Matt. It's it's him not getting emotional during games. When he gets frustrated, that's when he turns the ball over. That's when he makes mistakes. If he can move past that and mature, he's got a real chance. Here's where this gets tricky for me as we move on. You know, to JD's point, you had Aller at three. Here's, here's where I had the rest of the – I'll stick with the top six. I had Hudson Card at Purdue at number four. I liked what Hudson Card was doing at Texas, and obviously he was a very highly touted recruit. Uh, he's been in the system for a little while, but going to Purdue, really going to be able to open things up with the passing game. So I, I like Hudson Card simply because he's gotten more experience and he's been able to start games. Drew Aller can't say that. Um, I had Drew Aller at five, and the only reason I had him at five ahead of Ohio State's quarterback room at number six is simply to the point, J.D., you were just making, is that they don't know who the starter is yet. It's the same situation, except Drew Aller, there's no question that Drew Aller is going to be the starter going into 2023. Will Bo Perbula and potentially Jackson Smullick try to push him? Maybe. Um, JD, what do you think about that in terms of like, oh, you know who the guy is versus it's a question mark? Yeah, I mean, specifically for Ohio State, or you just mean Ohio State? Yeah, Yeah, I think for Ohio State, it's funny. I say it a lot on our show, like, it is a very luxurious question mark. It's like, hey, do you do you want chocolate or vanilla? You want you know Snickers or you want Twix? Like all good options to a sense. So I think for me, I'm thinking more so the floor at Ohio State. Whether you go with Devin Brown or you go with uh, Kyle McCord, the the floor is pretty high for either of those guys. So that's kind of where I'd ride with that. I'd ride with the floor of either of those guys over some of the other of the field that we're looking at in the Big Ten. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, so. I, I don't even have Ohio State. I don't have Kyle McCord. I don't have them. I wouldn't have them at four or five. I agree with with Tom, where you have you can have a Hudson Carr at four, and then a Tanner Mordecai at five, or Mordecai at four, Hudson Carr at at five. And it and it's simply because these guys have played before. They've played in games. They've played in big games. Tanner Mordecai has thrown for seventy two touchdown passes over the past two seasons. Understand it was at SMU, but this guy's going into a sixth year of college football. Spent three seasons at Oklahoma, the past two at SMU. Now you bring him into this, you know, new era of Wisconsin football led by Luke Fickle. Uh, I mean, you know, and you bring in a guy where think if you had a guy like Mordecai with the ability to throw the football at Wisconsin, you know, over the past two years or so, what we thought we would be able to see from Graham Mertz and we didn't. If you had a guy like Mordecai in there the past year, being able to do that with a combination of that defense and that run game, I think we would have seen a better Wisconsin football team. So adding that in now, I think Wisconsin really has a chance to to hit the ground running, you know, really with a new coach where, I mean, again, as you know, patience doesn't exist anymore. If you have a good coach or not, nobody wants to see development. They don't want to hear that. They want to win now and they want to win immediately, especially with the way the portal is. So that that's what I have. I mean, you know, I agree with both of you guys that when you say like, you know, 
how everybody's watching the you know Ohio State in the quarterback position. Ryan Day, again, I talk about it all the time. I think he's underrated as a head coach. I think he's underrated as a play caller. I think he's underrated as a quarterback developer. There's no doubt whoever that quarterback is going to be for Ohio State. I think it'll be McCord, but whoever, it, it, they're going to be well-prepared. They're going to play well. And the expectations, though, aren't, well, you know, let's just go out there and win eight, nine games and have a two, two to one touchdown interception ratio. It's not the expectations are now you're you need to be a Heisman candidate. That's what it is. So, I mean, if you're not up to that standard there at Ohio State, then I mean, they're going to be looking for somebody else to play. So that, that it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But again, you don't know because they've never been the guy. And that's the same thing with Alar, which is why I can't put him in the top five because he hasn't done it yet. We, we've seen him play. Everything is there. But could you process the information every single down? Can you step in the huddle knowing that you are the guy, right? That's, that's, that, that's a different beast to conquer right there. McCord hasn't done it. Drew Alar hasn't done it. I mean, heck, you know, I mentioned these two guys. Mordecai hasn't done it in the Big Ten. Hudson Carr hasn't done it in the Big Ten. Um, you know, Luke Altmeyer hasn't done it in the Big Ten. You know, so, I mean, th there, there's a lot that is going to be looked at here when it comes to the Big Ten and these quarterbacks. Um, you know, it, it, it's going to be interesting. Tom, before we even started the show, JD, you know, Tom and I were talking about this, like, you know, th there's there's a lot going on with the Big Ten right now when it comes to quarterbacks. It's going to be a very interesting season, and very few have have a quarterback where you can point at and say you're going to get consistency out of this guy week in and week out. JD, uh, to the points that Matt was just making, uh, Mordecai Altmeyer at Illinois, Jeff Sims versus Casey Thompson at Nebraska, the ones I'm looking at, uh, and Peyton Thorne at Michigan State didn't exactly perform up to standards last season, so he's going to be pushed by Kim and Hauser. So uh, what do you think about some of those quarterback battles that we're going to see with a lot of transfers? Yeah, I'm excited to watch Nebraska. I mean, you have Matt Rule coming in, and it's going to be a different approach offensively. We, we had him on our show, and he was talking about, hey, they got to have the it factor. you got to take care of the football. And, and the way that I process some of the things that he said is, it's going to be about taking a profit, right? Like you can't go broke getting paid. So we're not going to play somebody who has the most tools and do all the highlight plays and who's going to have, you know, the most wow factor in spring practice. It's going to be, do you allow us to get first downs? Do you put us in the right plays? Do you take the, you know, do you take what the defense gives you? Do you take a profit? And so Jeff Sims, a guy with a lot of experience, a lot of tools, but you look at what Casey Thompson did going back to his time at Texas. I think he's kind of gotten a bad rap. He's played hurt a lot of his career. I mean, Nebraska wasn't exactly a juggernaut last year with what they had around him outside of Trey Palmer. And so I'm excited to see that battle go down. I think Nebraska is going to be really fascinating to watch as we get kicked up here in the spring. And it sounds like Casey Thompson could even be getting back for spring practice, depending on his recovery. So we'll see what happens there, but I'm excited to watch that one. Yeah, Thompson, I thought, did a decent job for Nebraska last season. I like the experience that he got at Texas once upon a time. Jeff Sims has this all-around skill set that is built for the modern-day dual-threat NFL quarterback. So I'm interested mm -hmm. to see if Matt Rule can get something out of him. Uh, and Matt touched on it in regards to Wisconsin, J.D., is that Tanner Mordecai coming in, it's not just Mordecai. It's the fact that Phil Longo from UNC is now a part of the Wisconsin Badgers staff. So hearing the term air raid in Wisconsin doesn't make any damn sense. <laughs> just, I, I can't remember the last time that I was like, oh, I was worried about Wisconsin's passing attack. So to the point that Matt was making, I think Mordecai is perfect for that type of system. But Wisconsin historically doesn't do a great job recruiting 
pass catchers. Like they, they'll get tight ends here and there. They get some big dude from Madison who wants to play, but they don't necessarily recruit ballers at wide receiver and tight end like Ohio State does. How do you think that shakes out for the Badgers? Yeah, they've gone to the portal, man. I mean, if y'all, I mean, y'all have seen they took probably I think four different receivers from the portal. One of them being C.J. Williams, I believe, from USC. Like he's going to be a dude. So. It's going to be bizarre when we see Wisconsin line up and go four wide and see Tanner Mordecai throwing it around Madison. I mean, that's going to be that's going to be wild. But in terms of what they have personnel wise, I think you do see a sense of urgency for, hey, if I'm Phil Longo and Luke Fickle and we took this thing over, we don't have the tools we need to run the kind of system we want to run. So we're hitting the portal. So I'd be curious to see what they do in that second portal window when it comes to the post spring practice and how urgent they are in terms of getting more weapons. But, I mean, Tanner Mordecai, even if there's concern about his weapons, I think we've seen what he's done at the Group of Five level and very established, very polished, and wanting to go prove what he has at the Power Five level. So he's someone I'm really excited. I actually had him in my top five, right at that five spot. Um, so I'm excited to see Wisconsin this year. I think they're going to be a force. You know, you pair the passing game now if it succeeds with what Braylon Allen has in the backfield. And we've just always known Wisconsin to be that tough football team. So I'm excited for Wisconsin. They're going to be fun to watch. Are you a fan of rivalries? Are you a fan of smack talk? Do you like to stand out from the crowd at tailgates? If so, head over to Smack Apparel and check out what their team is geared up for this football season. Their Let There Be White tee is the perfect gear for those famous whiteout games at Beaver Stadium. Or get straight to the point with the worst tee for all the Ohio State haters out there. Smack Apparel makes the gear that'll have everyone asking where you got it. They have the must-have tees for all your teams, including pro football, baseball, basketball every fan is covered head over to their website smackapparel.com and use the promo code paydirt at checkout for 10 percent off again that's smackapparel.com promo code paydirt at checkout why wear boring when you can wear smack are you looking for undeniably good hair and beard care? Then Maestro's Classic is perfect for you. Maestro's has beard washes, beard oils, beard butters, plus hair gels and pomades. It's one brand for every man. Visit maestrosclassic.com. That's M-A-E-S-T-R-O-S classic.com and use our promo code paydirt 15 Hader15 at checkout for 15% off your order. Maestro's Classic, crafting a better you. Yeah, and Matt, that brings me to my thought about, you know, tying this back into Penn State. You and I have talked about, you know, what would it take for Penn State to make the college football playoff? Well, step one, you need to make the Big Ten title game. You need to beat one or both of Michigan and Ohio State. So in the event that you are able to make that Big Ten title game, to J.D.'s point, Wisconsin looks like they could be building into something good here in 2023 and be very competitive. I won't put anything past Iowa now with Cade McNamara. Like, I really, really believe in that uh, transfer portal acquisition. And then you touched on it, Matt, uh, Luke Altmeyer from yeah. Illinois, transferring from Ole Miss. He was behind Matt Corral. He was behind Jackson Dart. So just kind of didn't get the opportunity that was right for him. Uh, and Penn State, by the way, goes to Illinois on September 16th. So you'll get Aller versus potentially Altmeyer in the first month of the season. Do you expect, I mean, I don't, I don't even know how to look at it between Illinois, <laughs> Iowa, and Wisconsin. Who could Penn State yeah. potentially wind up seeing in the Big Ten title game if everything fell their way? Oh, if they get there. Yeah, I mean, right now I think it's Iowa again. I, re I really do. Um, I, I, I think Iowa, you know, um, 
has a really, really good chance now of getting there. And again, I think it's because of Cade McNamara and just what he brings, um, you know, to the table week in and week out, the experience that he has. I mean, you know, you're looking for a quarterback to be able to save your program in a way. He's that guy, Tom. And again, we talked about that a lot. We're like, we're, I mean, don't be surprised to see Cade McNamara just transferred to a Big Ten school. We even mentioned Northwestern, I think, at one point in time with, with a potential school that that he can go to. Um, you know, but look, Wisconsin, Illinois, I mean, you, you've said it perfectly. Illinois is one of those teams, again, something we talked about on the podcast a few weeks back was how scary of a game that is for Penn State early in this season. And you adding a guy like Altmaier into the mix there at Illinois, um, you know, that that's going to be a good football team. That's going to be a tough football team to beat. And even Nebraska, I'll mention Nebraska just because of what I think the mentality there is right now. And for, for Matt, like for Matt rule, I, I don't, it, it can't be all right. If we're six and six or we're seven and five, that's okay. Right. They're not, they're not expecting that they're expecting this guy to come in and win and fix this program immediately. So for me, when I think since we're talking about quarterbacks, if I think it's Casey Thompson or Jeff Sims, unless Jeff Sims is Tommy Frazier or, or the, the next Scott Frost, I think it's gotta be Casey Thompson. I really do. The, the ability he had, you have to have the ability to throw the football. I think Casey Thompson is a much more passer, much more better of a passer than, than Jeff Sims is. He has experience. He's played there. He's established there now. He understands what it's like kind of being, you know, in that, you know, Nebraska culture and that Nebraska atmosphere, even though it's going to change a little with Matt Rule. But I think it should be Casey McNamara or excuse me, uh, Casey Thompson for right now. Um, as they make this transition into that new phase at Nebraska. But, I, I mean, I, I think Nebraska's got a chance to be pretty good as well this year now. J.D., just to round out the rest of the Big Ten, not to discredit any of these other teams, but uh, Minnesota, the uh, expected starter is Ethan Kaliak-Manis, who went down in the bowl game. Tanner Morgan, ironically, came back in and, and finished things off as a golden gopher, but Kaliak-Manis is supposed to be the guy for the gophers. Meanwhile, Indiana's going to have a battle between Dexter Williams II and Taven Jackson, so going to keep an eye on that. Rutgers, it looks like Gavin Wimsett is probably the guy, but Matt and I watched him last season, and he's just raw. But unfortunately, that's the town pool that Rutgers has. And then it's expected to be Brendan Sullivan, the starting quarterback at Northwestern. So uh, any dark horses that you see from that quartet. Hey, Taven Jackson from Indiana transferred from Tennessee. And there's no shame. I mean, Tennessee had a stacked quarterback room, even going into next year with Joe Milton, obviously being formerly from Michigan. And then you have Nico Yamaliava, who was our number one player here from the 23 cycle. So, I mean, Taven Jackson had to transfer because he probably wasn't going to play at Tennessee. But I would not be surprised if he ends up winning that job at Indiana and ends up doing some good things. I know I won't put him in the top five right now, but I think that's a name to know as we get ready to roll here in spring ball. Matt, overall, as we you know dissect this and you see Drew Auer's place in the Big Ten, concern or just feeling like nope these are good spots for him to be in in a discussion like this yeah no i mean it it, it, it is what it is like you, you know you, you're not I, I can't you can't sit here and say he's gonna be the best quarterback in the big 10 in 2023 because we, we just don't know not everything is no, there people right that say that it, yeah exactly <laughs> let's be let's be fair man let's be fair right i mean this is a game where you have to prove yourself to prove yourself every single day you have to continue to get better every single day Right. I mean, that, it, it is it, it just it is what it is. That's the way it works. That's the way it works at the quarterback position. And for a guy like Aller, everything is there. We all know that we talk about it every time we talk about the kid. He's got a big arm. He's six, five, two, forty. How, how, you know, however big he is. But it's like you haven't done it yet. Right. 
that that's the biggest thing that he's got to prove is that he's capable of playing well you know when, when the lights are on and and it's his show he's not coming off the bench in the third or fourth quarter when the, when they're up 30 points and it's like all right kid just go throw the football around and show a hundred thousand how strong your arm is right you got to win you got to make big throws on third down you get in the red zone you want six points not three points right you got to understand the process break the huddle where's my play where's my play clock does everybody go in, in the right direction do i have a wide receiver going wrong way tight end going the wrong way you got to be able to fix it you got to be able to correct that I mean, Tom, it's as simple as can he get in the huddle and spit the play out, right? I mean, th these are all things you got to look at with this kid now. He's got time to do it, but I'm telling you, in the back of his mind right now is like, I haven't started a game yet, you know, so we're not going to know until September. So listen, I, I don't believe in unfair expectations. I know this kid's dealing with a lot of that right now. Um, the kid's fragile right now, right? They have to be able to develop this kid mentally. Let him take let him take his time. Let him make his mistakes throughout spring practice, the summer, and training camp. Um, but be patient with him. But I think, Tom, as the year goes on, if he can rely on that run game, rely on the experience of the offensive line, rely on that defense, you can see this kid develop over 12 weeks into what could be a top five, top three quarterback in the Big Ten. I'm not saying like Penn State's going to lose games. I'm just saying they're going to have a chance to win. They're going to have a chance to win a lot of games. But we're going to find out just how special this kid is and just how fast he's developed when you're playing Michigan and when you're playing at Ohio State. And it's incredible in the Big Ten how 12 games really comes down to two games for a lot of teams. It, that, that is the perfect way to surmise it. Uh, J.D., for us here on Pater and then just as Penn State football fans, we have very high expectations and then it's often uh something that nationally people will poke fun at penn state fans about that it's a you know national title or bust um frankly the way i look at it my mom was you know class of 78 and she got to see two national titles in the 80s and she's like i'd like to see another one before i pass and i was like i'd like to see one in my lifetime now there is the possibility of penn state getting into the college football playoff this coming season 2024 feels like a very different beast that's going to open up to 12 teams at that point everybody's gonna be like you better make the playoffs so that that's a whole different discussion but from a national perspective is the hype real for drew aller and is the hype real for penn state i think they kind of go hand in hand right and i think the reasoning behind having the hype for penn state is absolutely fair i mean sean clifford i think is going to go down as a legend in state college i think everybody loves sean clifford nobody's going to say a bad word about sean clifford right now but to the same token, in terms of just what God gave you, like Drew Aller has more of that than Sean Clifford or so we believe and so we've seen in small spurts. And so the thought process would be, hey, you win 10 games, you go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Michigan, go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Ohio State for a period of time, and you had Sean Clifford playing quarterback. What happens when you add in someone who on paper, again, on paper, like you said, Matt, is more talented? Because I don't think the gap is quite as far as some people want to believe it is between an Ohio State and a Penn State and a Penn State and Michigan. In Ohio State, too, we could say the same thing. Like We have two quarterbacks that I believe are going to be really talented, and whether one of them ends up transferring or one plays for Ohio State, like they're in a good situation. But still, like, we don't know what that's going to look like. We don't know what Ohio State's going to look like come November of 2023. So I think the hype around Drew Aller is fair to the point that we've seen so far. Like Tons of tools. The expectations are high because of the tools, because of the buzz around him. And I would say this, where there's where there's smoke, there's usually some fire, right? Like, I don't think we'd be having this conversation around Drew Aller 
if the kid was going to go out there and just fall flat in his face. I don't think he would have been the second-string quarterback last year if he was going to go out there and just be a problem. And we saw, too, in flashes, like he uncorked one. I think it was week one for, for Penn State against Purdue. I think it was like I think it got dropped, but it was an absolute missile to the far sideline where everyone was kind of like, "Whoa, okay, he's." I don't know if he's got it all dialed in exactly, but he's got a lot of it, whatever it is. So, to give you a more direct answer, I think the hype around Drew Aller is real and fair to the point that we've seen so far. And I think, in in that same vein, if Drew Aller is who we all believe he can be, the hype around Penn State should be just as real. So, I'm excited to watch it. I think the Big Ten is going to be fascinating for the reasons we've talked about so far with who knows what Wisconsin's going to be who knows what Hudson Carr is going to be at Purdue who's playing quarterback for Nebraska what is Michigan going to look like now as they're trying to not just win the Big Ten but win a national title like new expectations so so much around this conference is fascinating I think Penn State is right there in the thick of it Matt I want to close on this in regards to something JD touched on just a few moments ago the second transfer portal window is coming up in April is it mandatory for Penn State that they go get more help at wide receivers so that Drew Aller and company can contend with, for instance, the firepower of Ohio State next year and be able to hang on the scoreboard with Michigan next year? Yeah, I think it depends. I think it depends on who. If it's the right person, if it's the right fit, it's it's the right guy that's going to come in and create competition and not just competition but healthy competition is he a fit for your team is he a fit for your offense but is he a fit for that wide receiver room tom because what i'd hate to see happen is that they just go out and get two guys just to get two guys and then younger guys are losing reps right they're not getting the attention that that they need to continue to develop right i mean i think one of the most important things right now that you need at that in that wide receiver room with those guys is is buying and there's something to be said, Tom and JD, when a coach comes to you and he says, we need you, kid. We need you every day. We need you to be well prepared. We need you to step up. We're counting on you. You've been here two years now. You've been here three years now. Listen, we recruited you. We want you here. We need you to be a part of this program. you gotta be. You got to step up. There's something that, that clicks. There's something that happens. When, when that message gets received to a player. So, you know, do they need somebody? I don't think so, Tom. But, I mean, if they go get a guy, that, again, that's the right fit, okay, I understand it. But you have talent. You have guys that have played a little bit. It's just about that. It's just about a couple of those guys getting over the hump. JD, I want to thank you so much for hopping on here. Uh, for those that don't know, where can they find you on social media? Where uh, your your show Hard Count as a part of On Three is spectacular. Where can our fans find it? Appreciate it, man. You can find us doing our content uh, daily on the On Three YouTube channel, like you mentioned, the Hard Count. We're live twice a week, and the best way to keep up with that is to follow me on the social channels at JD Pacal on Twitter as well as on Instagram. But no, this has been a blast, y'all. I appreciate y'all having me on, and anytime that I can jump on here and talk ball with y'all. I'm all about it. So we'll do this again soon. Dude, we appreciate it. Thank you very much. And for everybody, just hang on. Spring ball's around the corner. Blue-white <laughs> game's coming up in April. You know, we're, we're, we'll get through this offseason together. So thank you, everybody, so much for joining us. Thank you all so much for joining us. This episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter, at QB 11 and at Tom Hannafin. Paydirt is presented by Bet Online and by Funk Brewing. Thanks again, everyone, and join us next week for more Paydirt. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.